today, Caitlyn Jenner announces a run for California governor and the Black Lives Matter organization turns on Joe Biden. Who could have seen that coming? Oh, wait, it was us. We saw it coming. We've got a lot coming up today and it starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. Happy Friday. Oh my gosh, it is finally Friday. I am Sarah Gonzalez today, joined by Eric July, Blaze TV contributor, and also Jill Savage, a political commentator and former sports reporter. So thank you guys for being here. Thank you for looking bright and shiny, which is totally not like my mood today. So I appreciate the uplifting uh, colors. It's also not like what it looks like outside in Dallas yes. today, all, all stormy, and we're getting ready for, for some big thunderstorms. So I thought I'd brighten up the mood a yes, little. Yes, thank you. We need it. I've been dealing with idiots all morning on Twitter. So uh, I definitely need the uh, the mood brightening. All right. So. Caitlyn Jenner, you also may know Caitlyn Jenner as Bruce Jenner, uh, the Olympic champion. But uh, Caitlyn Jenner made the announcement this morning <laughs> that, okay, so can I just, I'm, I make one particular side of this thing mad when if I say she is running, she's decided she is running, people are like, don't call him that, it is a man. And if I say he's running, people are like, that is very disrespectful because she wants to be a woman. So I don't, I'm gonna piss someone off right now, okay? I'm trying really hard, all right? Caitlyn Jenner has decided that Caitlyn Jenner is going to run for governor of California in this uh, recall of the recall election that's going on. She uh, filed her initial paperwork. Her campaign website and donation page just went live. And uh, Caitlyn Jenner said, I am a proven winner and the only outsider who can put an end to Gavin Newsom's disastrous time as governor. Californians want better and deserve better from their governor for too long career politicians have overpromised and under delivered uh, also that small businesses have been devastated because of over restrictive lockdowns taxes are too high killing jobs hurting families and putting an especially heavy burden on our most vulnerable people uh, you know it, it isn't it doesn't come as a surprise to see Caitlyn Jenner's uh, uh, political ideals for anyone who has followed Bruce Jenner, and I say that back, you know, he, what Caitlyn Jenner has been spouting all of this since Caitlyn Jenner was Bruce Jenner. Um, so it, it isn't a surprise to see these political philosophies coming from that. But um, is this is this just how it's going to shake out? Is this, It's like, this is so 2021 that a transgender woman is running for governor in California. And I think that that would be the first female governor of California, if I'm not mistaken, which would just be great. Yeah, that, they would call, that they would call, but but that's what they would say, right? They would call Caitlyn Jenner yeah. the first female governor of I say go for it. Just because California. you put that in there, yeah, I want to see a, a war. So uh, right? let's do it. Because then on, on top of that, she has generally uh, politics that aren't supposed to be associated with people like her yes. as well. So you have people conflicted. Like, yeah. so, you know, now the other side, I guess, if you don't support Caitlyn Jenner, well, you're transphobe. Right, exactly. How, um, how could you not how, yeah, vote exactly. for Caitlyn Exactly. Like, Jenner? are you not progressive uh, Apparently enough? not. You know, apparently not. So, but no, that's not only just part of the course for like 2021, but, you know, it's, it is California. After, after all, we know how, you know, between Schwarzenegger's of the world and uh, that's how they do things. It is a loony band out there. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, they're going to shake it up in the way that they shake it up. Those particular politics and what you mentioned, she's not 
entirely incorrect um, on. Yeah. Um, wouldn't that be a glorious thing if, if, if she were able to actually go through with a, a lot of those concepts and actually uh, govern in, in that way, but mm-hmm. I don't hold hold my breath for anybody that's a politician. Doesn't matter if they're a career politician or anybody, um, because I particularly take issue with this idea that you know someone comes along. It doesn't matter if they're actor, actress, career politician. This whole idea when we approach government and it's like uh, people don't deliver and like we, I need to be doing something for you. I think that's the that premise in its entirety is the issue. Uh, with the state or with the government uh, in, in general, like I would rather you just sit there and not do anything like ever. That's okay. more preferable to you trying to do something specifically. Listen, for me. Caitlin's going to be able to check a lot of the boxes on bingo yes. on that bingo card. <laughs> yes. And, and yes. a lot of people are going to say, I feel like I'm compelled to vote for her because she's transgender and all this. Listen, she's going to be better than Gavin Newsom is right now. Uh, we can no, all agree on yeah, that sure. because she is saying that small businesses are suffering. Right. These COVID lockdowns aren't working. She says that she's That's fiscally she conservative. She could bridge that gap. She could bridge that, like, okay, I'm a liberal, but I can't vote for a staunch Republican. I'll vote for a transgender. That's fine. And in California, we're be, we would be making progress with that. Not in progress, yeah. like, in their type of transgender way, but progress <laughs> in, like, bringing California back along economically to yeah. where it could possibly be. Do I want her for the governor of Texas? No. Do I want her for the governor of California? Maybe. I mean, it's better than what we have right now. So it might it might be baby it, steps. They is are what you're absolutely saying. going to be small baby yeah. steps that you know. Hey, maybe it'll open some people's minds. Going, oh, I do like keeping more of my own paycheck in my pocket. That seems a little bit nicer than what we've had these last couple of decades. Do you think that California is still like, are we able to, to repair California? Because I have a lot of people, a lot, and I, God bless you, you conservatives who still live in California. I don't personally know how you do it. I would have gotten the hell out of there a long time ago. But they do, they get very angry when I have made the comment. I say, I think California is just kind of beyond repair at this point. If you're conservative, get out, come to Texas, come to like-minded places where we can make sure to keep these places with the policies that we enjoy so much. And they're like, absolutely not. We can still re- we can still repair. We can still save them. And I'm just not sure. I lived in San Francisco for a year. That's where my company at the time was headquartered. And I had to. Yeah. And I went in and I said, this is this is only going to be for one year because I How couldn't long ago take it. Um, six years ago. Okay. So it was, it was still already in decline. Already, yeah. The homeless people in San Francisco yeah. were all over. They had paint on the walls that they were testing that was repelling urine so that the homeless people couldn't actually pee on the walls. It would come back at them. Wow. Like they, they were urine already repelling paint. Yeah. I, they were innovative, if nothing else, <laughs> in San Francisco <laughs> at the time. But it was so bad. And I was like paying $3,000 for a studio apartment going, why am I yep. doing this? Yep. Why is anybody here doing this? So from my personal mm. experience, I say it's so far gone, but maybe if it deteriorates and maybe COVID is actually going to help California a little bit and open those people's eyes and say there is another way. Do you think so, Eric? I mean, California is California. I mean, I, I'm not a fan of it. I've never been a fan of it. And many times that I've been there, I've never had, had fun. It's a terrible place. Um, and I'm sorry for I know I got a lot of fans that are out there uh, yeah. that are from California, but it is what it is. It's just not my cup of tea. 
Now, is it far gone? Probably. I mean, to be completely honest, just being realistic about the situation, it's just you have, uh, unfortunately, these leftists had infiltrated everything over there. And with them, you know, basically being an extension of the authoritarian left with with Hollywood and it being so active out there in, in the West Coast in terms of its influence, I mean, they had Joe, they had a generation of people just wherever they went. So, of course, they a lot of them came up expecting this government to be the nanny and, and the daddy state that it has absolutely become. And, of course, that manifests itself in higher taxes, higher uh, living uh, costs of living mm-hmm. um, and, and, and what have you. Not because it's a it's a better place or anything. It's just because that's what you get when you tax and spend. Um, so I, I do believe that that it's certainly far gone. But I will say this, that when definitely I think this was more of the 2015, 2016 going with the whole Donald Trump situation. They had like a little effort for, you know, I don't think it gained any more ground of not only just secessionism, but breaking the state up into three spots. I was certainly off. Well, health. It doesn't matter who it is. California, Florida, Texas. <laughs> uh, when it comes to breaking away from the union, I'm all for it. But I think that's a concept that seriously would be maybe a little more realistic mm-hmm. for that area. As opposed to thinking that the entire state's going to turn around. Maybe you just break that bad boy up into three different uh, areas, be it north, south, mid uh, of California and breaking that into two different like nation states. Uh, maybe that's more realistic. And there was a movement for for a little while where people were seriously talking about We were that. voting for D.C. this week. California that, can't be that far well, behind. Yeah. So that was going to be my question was, so how do you feel about D.C. statehood? Well, I, I don't want it. I mean, it doesn't really matter because that's not a, like a form of decentralization or anything. Mm-hmm. That's going the opposite way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's moving it towards more of a, a of a nationalistic, a nationalistic approach. So but if you're we, trying to create these states so that you can stack, you know, so that you can make sure that you have Democratic. Well, again, that's that the can. problem with 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 why I, I keep trying to lead with, again, actual legitimate forms of decentralization, right. not just looking at it from a standpoint of having uh, breaking uh, breaking spots up to have them continue to either vote for support um, or have to answer to the federal government. Mm-hmm. That's the opposite of what we're discussing here. I'm talking about removing that cancer um, in the federal government out of the way and letting these uh, instances govern themselves. So it would have been a different conversation if they were like, well, D.C. is becoming its own little nation state and doesn't have to do with anything with like voting or anything. Oh, yeah, I'm all for it by all means but of course that's not what they're pushing for um it's more so that they want to at the federal level seem to push the envelope or not envelope rather the needle closer to them when we talk about the democrats and 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 not even just that they talk about immigration as well Mm -hmm. they only advocate for that stuff because they feel as if it's advantageous to them um, it's not because they give a damn about decentralization, freedom of movement, right. or any of these kinds of Yeah, they're just trying to maintain about. the power. Exactly. That's what it's all about for them. <laughs> yeah. Jill, what are your thoughts on it? I'm curious. You know, when I look at it, it is. It's just, can we get two more Senate seats? And mm-hmm. that's, that's all that it is. At nope. the end of the day, it's not, oh, taxation without res- representation. They were like, okay, so let's remove the taxes. What would you say then? And they were like, oh, no. <laughs> we didn't think about that part. Mm-hmm. It's it's just the accumulation of power. Yep. That's all that it is, plain and simple. And it's so easy right now to see through all of it. You know, Biden's going through that whole list and he's just checking them off one by one. Now, whoever is actually running the show behind yeah. the scenes is checking them off one by one. But I'm not sure Biden's even capable of doing the actual check mark in the box. <laughs> Walking, <laughs> checking off the boxes. It's very hard. It's, it's, it's it's a gets lot con- of work. It gets confusing sometimes. But it, 
I mean, all part of that agenda that they laid out right before in court packing and all of it. It's just coming in and centralizing the authority Absolutely. so that they never have to give it away again. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want a Republican president again? Good luck. Yeah, eliminating the Electoral College is just it's like... It's all about power. Yeah, which is kind of what we, we, we kept saying. And people were like, you're just a conspiracy theorist with your tinfoil hat on. No, oh, it's all coming to a... Coming, coming true. All right. Uh, all right. We've got... Let me... Let me get into this story before we have to go to break. So the official Black Lives Matter organization uh, is turning on Joe Biden. Now, this is not a surprise to anyone who has been paying attention um, because Black Lives Matter, you know, immediately wrote Joe Biden a letter that went unanswered after he got into office. They were like, hey, we helped you get into office. Now, now let's talk about what you're going to do for us. And he didn't answer it. And so uh, didn't even invite him, by the way. Like, remember, right. That was the, that was the complaint. Like, yeah. they, they had that whatever meeting with those leaders and Black Lives Matter wasn't even invited to the table, which, you know, it's hard to determine which who is using the other party more. Right. Because they're both using each other uh, for their own gains. But uh Black Lives Matter said uh, Biden's first 100 days are up in 10 days. By then, we need him to end 1033, which transfers military equipment into the hands of police across the country, including school and campus police. Uh, Another example, the military you see out on your streets ahead of the Chauvin verdict. Biden is currently sending more military equipment to our neighborhoods than Trump did. You read that right. Our communities are being terrorized at a greater rate than they had been under Trump. So I just I feel like we're living in a twilight zone um, (laughs) reading all of this. Uh, And of course, you know, Black Lives Matter staunchly believes that um, the police are violent upholders of white supremacy. Doesn't matter that the Chauvin trial, not one iota uh, of the actual trial was spent talking about racism, giving any sort of evidence as uh, of any sort of systemic racism and policing doesn't matter. Um, but uh, Black Lives Matter has now, you know, he's they are turning on uh, on Joe Biden. Eric. That in itself isn't surprising. I think a lot of them definitely with their leaders were just a tad bit more what others would consider radical enough for them to not ever really be that much supportive of of, of Joe Biden. But I think they saw that there was some sort of advantage that they thought that they could at least because they pay lip service to Black Lives Matter, hashtagging it with the movement and all that. They thought that they could at least get something out of it. And it turned out has to be expected. Anybody that was paying attention, Biden was like, no, they have their handlers. Um, the guys, those, those, you know, the typical civil rights leaders, the NAACPs and all those other uh, race hustlers. Race. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they, they, they get them. They get the seat at the table. Not y'all. Y'all just yeah. a tad bit, tad bit too radical um, uh, for us. So. This is what I don't know even want to say to be fair to them, which why am I even doing that? Uh, I wouldn't. <laughs> You're too kind. Yeah, because yeah. they would never offer me the no, such, such, such the same. But I don't think it's them being caught with egg on their face. I just think that, you know, they recognize that, OK, you said this, you said that where you were coming to collect. Yeah. And you ain't going to get nothing out of it. But I think it's hilarious to see it play out in the way that it has. As any true leftist movement. It will never be enough. You give them mm-hmm. one thing, mm-hmm. even if they got invited to this summit, they would have said, oh, but we didn't have a seat at the head table. Yeah. We were off mm-hmm. on the side. Mm-hmm. Oh, we were there and you listened to us, but you didn't implement any of our policies. So do you really care? Yeah. They would have taken this to that next step every single mm-hmm. time. And 
I mean, how many times are we going to see this over and over and over again before people just start waking up and saying, this, it's a facade. It no. always will be. Mm-hmm. It's so irritating. Yeah, no, it is. And it, I mean, you're right. It's never enough. It's like that uh, children's book, If You Give a Mouse a Cookie. Mm-hmm. That's like every leftist organization ever. If you give a mouse a cookie, well, then he's going to want a glass of milk. And then he's going to need a napkin. And it never freaking ends, which is why, again, you don't negotiate with terrorists. Absolutely. All right. We've got a lot more coming up. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Bonner Wines. So, uh ever go to a like a nice barbecue place and then the next day you are like because you're still digesting all of the meat that you ate uh not that i speak from personal experience or anything but i got a tip for you on that all right drink red wine not only does it taste amazing red wine actually makes you digest meat more effectively i know um by the way it also makes red meat healthier according to a couple different studies but um uh, not all red wines are equal. Here's the thing. You could go to like uh, your local grocery grocery store and buy like a $2 wine if you want a red wine full of chemicals and pesticides and going to give you like a really bad hangover from drinking one glass. Or you could check out the Extreme Altitude Malbec from Argentina. Extreme Altitude uh, means that these grapes are grown at around 9,000 feet. Okay, so um, when I'm telling you that you can taste the difference in the wine because of where the the grapes are grown. I mean it. There are no excess chemicals, by the way. They've got notes of blackberry, leather, smoke, and dark cherry. Um, I am known as the health nut over here at The Blaze, and I got to tell you, these wines are not only delicious, they are also healthier for you. They have more resveratrol, which uh, helps you uh, boost longevity in life and memory and all of these other awesome things. Less sugar, less additives, less chemicals. They taste delicious. It's a win-win for everyone, all right? Uh, they, ca- they keep having to get more of these shipments in because everyone keeps buying them. So you got to go there. Don't sleep on it. You can get 50% off if you go there today. It's cowgirlwine2021.com. That is cowgirlwine2021.com. There is a sign that is uh, welcoming people to the intersection where George Floyd was uh, killed, and it gives white visitors particular instructions on how to behave while in the area. So this is uh, memorial memorializing George Floyd Square, which I don't know. I'd love to get you guys' thoughts on it, but I think it's like kind of weird to memorialize the intersection where someone. I, I don't know. It just it's kind of weird to me. Like I don't feel like it's really a good. Um, a good thing to memorialize, welcome, remember um, in a way that turns George Floyd into a martyr. Um, Eric, I, I have a feeling you may have a couple different uh, thoughts on that. But but let me get into what the instructions say on the sign. So uh, it says... Uh, It gives general instructions to visitors entering the, quote, sacred space for community, public grief and protest and adds a separate uh, set of instructions for white people in particular. It says, decenter yourself and come to listen, learn, mourn and witness. Uh, Remember, you are here to support, not to be supported. Seek to contribute to the energy of the space rather than drain it. Bring your own processing to other white folks so that you will not harm uh, black indigenous people and people of color. Also, speak up with compassion to take the burden off of black folks. Um, it's, It's just really, it's so 
bizarre. Um, Eric, let me let me get your thoughts on this because I don't listen. I'm getting all sorts of trolls on Twitter telling me I am not allowed to speak about any sort of problems in the black community because I am not, in fact, black. So let me listen to you, Eric, because I'm not allowed to have an opinion on like objective things that I see that are quite possibly wrong. Yeah, this the whole ordeal is just bizarre anyway. Um, like, you know, it, it, you <laughs> when you talk about trying to do something in someone's memory it'd be one thing if like george floyd was going there to like protest i don't know something that was right good and and that and then that ended up unfortunately being with him killed but this is a bizarre kind of way to react to what if you want to make the argument uh is some sort of wrong wrongdoing by way of of, of the state which uh, i'd agree with that however that in itself is bizarre i don't care where you're at on the political spectrum or what race you are now, as far as the whole separation of, of, of all it does, I don't know who's, like, how that's official, if that's the, the local government. Um, I'd imagine since it has to do with my roads, um, I, I'd imagine <laughs> that it has to do with the, the, the local government or somehow they are involved. But what they do is they perpetuate this idea, which I thought was completely nonsense, I have for a very long time. And that is that there's some sort of shared strife or shared struggle among people simply because they are of a similar skin tone. And that's what they're perpetuating, like take the burden off. I'm like, what burden? You know what I mean? Like what make like and unfortunately, that's why I believe the dialogue when it comes to this particular issue, which, again, let's talk about if you think the state did something bad or the agent, whether it be the, you know, the cop and kneeing on that man's neck, back of his neck. If you think that is wrong, don't care if that's a black person, white person or what have you, that in itself is wrong. But that is almost never the focus that immediately turned to race. And really, that's all they're discussing. Even now, even after the verdict, it's just race, 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 race. Even and though it wasn't in the even though there's no trial. Proof, right. <laughs> even though there's no proof that that in itself happened, believe it or not, bad things can happen to black people and it not be because they are specifically black. Right. But that's why when it comes to the, whether it be police brutality or, or misconduct, why those issues never get resolved, because that's their that's the approach approach it's it's this sort of perpetual victimhood struggle by way of, of the race so this is why i said on wednesday's show that they would much rather everybody get need on the back of the neck equally in as far as them being yeah. them perceiving it yeah. as opposed to actually ridding people of that this is why i would never take them serious i wouldn't take black lives matter as an organization or as a movement seriously because they are not about actually looking at things objectively in any way but this whole shared strife though that stuff is corny and i wish we'd be done with it and sarah what does it say specifically at the beginning of the of the white part for the instructions uh what the decenter yourself yeah yes decenter yourself it sounds like you're going into a yoga studio yeah not weird. into as they say a sacred place like the fact that they're calling it a sacred it's place weird. It's weird is right weird okay. that they I'm frame it that way yeah. guys it was the place of, you know, a manslaughter, as they call a second degree murder in Minnesota. Anywhere else, it would be manslaughter. To call that sacred is weird. To, to make it sound like you're entering a yoga studio mm-hmm. after that is so yeah. bizarre. And then you add race on top of yeah. that. Like, who came up with this? This is peak 2021 right yeah, now yeah. in all of the levels that, that you see. But to have different rules for white people and different rules for black people. Like, did we want to go through the civil rights era or not? Do we want to just undo it all and have separate rules 
for your skin color I think again. they would say yes. That's the direction that I we're th going. I think that they would say yes. They do want to undo that, but only if white people are the inferior yeah. uh, ones on the totem pole. I think I think is where we're at. Sadly, yeah, th these guys aren't at all concerned with actual liberation, actual freedom, um, actually trying to rid the world of aggression. Right. And this is why when we come when it comes to, you know, we talk about not negotiating with terrorists and you're not giving them any sort sort of answer, because in doing that, it makes it seem as if they ever have a point. This is why I've despised even my fellow libertarians who look at these movements uh, that, that lead with race and they say, well, they're against police brutality. You are, too. Like, who the hell gave them monopoly on being against that? Mm -hmm. Nobody. Mm -hmm. Nobody. And, and, and as I've mentioned, it, when it comes to coalition building or abso uh, absolutely wanting to move the world, or rather this country, towards a more freer and prosperous place, just as important is why you are against what happened. Yeah. And if you can't even correctly identify that, just because you look at that as something wrong and I look at that as something wrong does not mean that you are, let's say, correct mm -hmm. in any in any way it's just okay it just so happened that that's the case you're against that i'm against that but we're we're against it for completely uh different reasons which is why despite getting even the verdict that they wanted we're still talking about this 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 racial bullcrap they're not even uh, uh, addressing the fundamental issue because they're not at all concerned with the fundamental issue and this is why you get these brainlets which is what i call them that sit up here and advocate things that are generally in those groups that are things that are diametrically opposed. A cab, I hate the police, need more gun control because they're stupid. Mm. And that's why I treat them as such. Now, Eric, would you, uh, would it be correct if I were to say that there are a lot of activists out there who are um, a lot more concerned with being a perpetual victim rather than working on solutions to problems? 100%. I mean, that's, look, I, I've said time and time again that this is also speaking to, I hate to get like so psychological or rather philosophical with yeah. it, but the reason why activism, definitely among these like race hustlers of different races, in this case, uh, uh, black race hustlers, they have no particular f fulfillment and something it is that they directly control, right? right? So they don't have anything that they can point to say, I built it. I am proud of it. This is why so many of these folks definitely that are in our, my generation and younger who sit up there and seek activism as some sort of means of fulfillment because they want to feel like they're part of something greater because they don't have anything that they can directly point to. And it's a very easy thing to do, like just to get up there, hold your fist in the air, yeah. march or something like that. It doesn't matter what what the reason for it doesn't even matter if it's a legitimate so they need people to be a perpetual victim in mm -hmm. order for them to continue down that road and, and get, get that fulfillment. Because the minute that's rid of, and let's say you get a, a good portion of people that just say, you know what, I'm tired of this victim crap, they become obsolete and they become worthless. Yeah. Our society so likes the celebrity status that you get celebrity status in that victimhood. Absolutely. You get mm -hmm. to have your 15 minutes of fame and, and there's a lot of perks that come along with it. At some point, hopefully we can take that away. But, you know, CNN and all the likes, they're, they're still going to run it. So it's well, still going to be there. Yeah, that's true. But I think uh, they're down to like two viewers now. So <laughs> hopefully that won't last long. All right, we've got more to come first. We want to thank our sponsor, Built Bar. So uh, if you are, maybe you're going to your pantry every 15 minutes when you're working from home and you are trying to find a snack and you're finding candy bars and all of these things that are really not 
good for you. You got to get Built Bars in your pantry stat. Okay, Built Bars are, they are a protein bar, but it doesn't taste like a protein bar. It doesn't taste like cardboard. All right, it's actually good for you, but it tastes delicious. It's high in protein and fiber. It's low in calories and carbs, and it's all made with 100% chocolate. It tastes like you are going to expand your waistline, but you don't actually do that because it's good for you. By the way, their uh, their flavor, Coconut Brownie Chunk, it just won the Built Madness winner, Coconut Brownie Chunk. They just got it back. It is the last day that it is in stock. It is available through today. And then after today, I don't know when it's coming back, but it's one of my favorites. You have to try it. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code NEWS15 to save 15% off your order. It is NEWS15 at B-U-I-L-T, BuiltBar.com. So while we're on the topic of uh, police brutality, uh, Lori Lightfoot, Chicago's mayor, has a brilliant, brilliant idea uh, for police reform. Eric, you're talking about, you know, we're so concerned with Black Lives Matter that we are not looking at how to actually combat police brutality and the problems that exist within policing. Well, I think Lori Lightfoot has a great idea. Uh, So her office's idea is that, um, well, you should just, you could engage with the suspect by, uh, you know, chasing them on foot. But you probably should call in first and get uh, permission from the higher ups. So, um, yes, they may be running, but just hold on. Let me just grab my uh, walkie talkie and uh, radio that in and get permission from my boss. And then I can pursue the suspect that I mean, that's obviously they're going to catch them every time with uh, that much of a head start that the suspect has, right? Is this what you were talking about when you said combating? No, no. It just goes to show the disconnect between, um, like, in particular in this instance, like, which, and that, it's not just about police. It's about, like, we're talking about security and all these other sorts of concepts that unfortunately have been conflated. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, it's monopolized, so the police is expected to basically respond to absolutely everything. And what that is yeah. is a disconnect. It's the same thing that we saw from the, uh, the the whole, you know, Bryant situation where you get all these people who comment on certain things like, hey, shoot in the air or, or shoot at their leg or shoot at their arm. You get people that are just completely disconnected, <laughs> have never been in, in, involved in any sort of uh, of conflict or anything like that. But again, that's not a solution at all mm-hmm. like it, it, it's it's like it, unfortunately that's the people that are in charge rather than people that have given this authority to rule over them which are generally the most stupid people uh, that are part of pop especially beetlejuice there and and it, it's like when you talk about the the issue of police brutality the core conflict i think starts with okay what is incentivizing them to have to engage with mm-hmm. a a person right are there too many laws? I feel like that's the easiest thing, the easiest thing to approach it. Like not that, okay, in the event that there's an actual act of aggression, and this is why it's so, it can't be as black and white as mm. I hate the government, because I do, of course, but that's not, that's not an answer, right? It's not an answer. They've monopolized the law. That's, that's the reality of, of the situation. So if I go chase them, then I'm going to be in the wrong. I got a kid for a cousin that's in jail for doing exactly that. A guy went, uh, uh, stole from him and he chased him down and it got in a conflict and then he ended up shooting him. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. he had to go to jail when I'm like, dude, if the dude never stole anything, 
we wouldn't be we wouldn't ever talk about right. this. But that again, that's another problem of when you do take it into your own hands. Well, again, the state is monopolized and we got to they got to respond accordingly. So my issue is that they talk around all of that because at the end of the day, they're leftist authoritarians either either way. Yeah. So like with with uh, with Lori and her, the COVID restrictions and stuff like that, they'd have absolutely no problem with the state being utilized to, of course, beat people up in that regard. So they have to talk around the actual issue, which is why their issue will never get resolved because they don't want it to be resolved. So they come up with stupid solutions like that, which have no, they don't they doesn't correct anything like, oh, call it in before you go go sprint out towards a towards a suspect. What the hell is that fix? Nothing. Yeah, it specifically doesn't fix what Lori Lightfoot was talking about. This story is on the heels of the 13 year old yeah, being shot. And, of course, as the mainstream media would have it, they came out and said, oh, a 13-year-old was unarmed in this case. Oh, well, now we have the police right, footage and right. we know that he had a gun in his hand. So, Lori, instead of addressing why a 13-year-old is armed on the streets of Chicago, instead the narrative is now, oh, we can't let the police officers chase anybody on foot. Yeah, I think without she said calling it no, no one should die as a result of a police chase. And it's like, well, I think it was the gun that was the issue. It was a 13-year-old having a chase. gun. Yeah. That was the issue, not, <laughs> not anything else. So when I look at it, yes, is Chicago upside down? Of course. We all know this. Mm -hmm. Give them what they want. If you choose to live there, you choose to go by these rules, okay, let's see how that works out for you then. It's not going to work. Mm -hmm. We all know this. But at some point, you have to let them have their way. Like, do it and see how terrible it is and see if you have anybody left that's there to pay taxes in the city of Chicago. See, it's true. And I, I often have this conversation. Um, Sue and I always talk about the devil and the angel on both of your shoulders. And part of me is like, hey, you don't want police? Great. See what happens when you have them taken. And then part of me is like, Ugh, but what about all the people who just happen to own businesses who live there who may be more conservative leaning or who didn't, you know, who do want police, who don't subscribe to that? And they're going to get screwed, too. And it sucks. Well, this is why you have to. This is why I've said, look, if Republicans and this is where they always lose, where if they led with, let's say, decentralization, in my honest opinion, and that ran to the top of their platform, not any of this other bull crap that they get to talk about. I'm talking straight up decentralization. Then they could allocate whatever resources towards, let's say, helping those in the event. Because really all that's going to end up happening is if you do that, these people are going to want to be it arm themselves mm -hmm. um, and stuff like that. And that, unfortunately, in itself, definitely in a place like Chicago, right. comes with its own sets of sets of conflict where out of nowhere, oh, this person becomes a felon overnight because right. they were like, OK, I got to defend myself. They get caught with it or be it the federal government uh, or anything. Really, they're policing as well with the federal laws and they go to jail for something stupid. See, and there's unfortunately a lot of people that are in jail for nonsense like that, which you, I thought the whole idea was that every uh, person has the right to let's say ha have arms but if they led with that then they would be able to allocate those resources to save rather those people that are not only about to get caught up in a system mm -hmm. and a response to be it uh, abolition of police officers or whatever but also that have already been caught up in the system right now because you'd be surprised how many folks are in jail right now for let's say again possession of a illegal firearm whatever the hell that is yeah, Jill, last word on this. I, I look at it, and at some point you do have to 
have to address the root causes, which it's going to take a long time to get down to. And I would sympathize with the people of Chicago because they're dealing with all of this. Mm -hmm. And you look at the numbers in Portland, right? The defund the police movement and and the murder rate has skyrocketed in places like that. But I, I, I will stand by it. Like at some point, you have to show them the way that, that that is not going to work. And everybody that was calling to defund the police is now saying, oops, sorry, um, we were just pretending. Can we have all of our police officers yeah. back now? It didn't take that long, right? This was only throughout the COVID time. Mm-hmm. I hope that it would take a certain, you know, right. smaller length of time. They learned a lesson quickly. But these, these guys are never going to stop. This is what they want. They want to take your guns away yeah. and... They want to defund their police officers, and and you have to now call in before you chase anyone on foot. Like, how much more absurd can this get? Oh, figure, don't don't figure tempt it out. them. Don't yeah. tempt them, Jill. All right, we've got more to come. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Grove Collaborative. So uh, I am, you know, I I mentioned earlier, they're like, oh, you're the, like the health nut at the blaze. Also, I'm known around here as a conservative hippie, okay, uh, because I just love, I love my products that I can use that are safe for my kids, safe for my pets, safe for the environment even, because it's like, I mean, I'm, you know, it's nice to have all three covered, okay? Um, you got to go to Grove Collaborative if that is you, if that sounds like something uh, that you are loving too. Grove Collaborative is the online marketplace that delivers healthy home, beauty, and personal care products directly to you. So it's not just like, what you're spraying your countertops with. It's also beauty products, all right? They are taking the guesswork out of going green. So whatever it is, it's going to be safe for your family, safe for your kids, safe for your pets. And that's a big, big deal these days. Uh, Also safe for the planet. Um, I personally, I love Mrs. Myers, but whatever the case may be, you don't have to shop multiple stores. You don't have to search online. You're like, oh, I'm going to go to Whole Foods and spend $10 million on three products. And then I need to go over here. You don't have to do that. You can get all of your products through Grove and you can trust them. Join over 2 million households who have trusted Grove Collaborative to make their homes happier and healthier. Shipping is fast and free on your first order. You got to go to uh, groveco, uh, I'm sorry, grove.co slash news. You will get a free gift with your order of $30 or more. Um, I'm If it were me, I think that you get to choose if there's a Mrs. Myers. Highly, highly recommend. I'm telling you guys, they are great products and they smell great. You got to go to grove.co slash news to get that over, to get that offer. I can't speak today because it's Friday. Grove.co slash news. Back in a minute. Now, on the heels of Joe Biden uh, saying, telling everyone, all Americans, that uh, you may not get to celebrate your 4th of July if you don't get the vaccine, which I think is like uh, counterintuitive to like the entire reason that we have um, Independence Day, which happens to be the 4th of July. Uh, On the heels of that announcement, Bill de Blasio told reporters that it might be possible for citizens to stop wearing masks outdoors by the beginning of summer, but as long as they get the vaccine. So uh, he said, June's the date we set to hit our vaccination goal. June is one of those times of the year that we're used to sort of a reset moment every year. So we'll keep the masks on. We'll do all the things we need to do. After that, we'll be able to reassess. One of the things we can say to people is if you want to get rid of masks, 
if you want to get rid of social distancing, if you want to get rid of the restrictions, go get vaccinated. We're going to have to keep those restrictions in place until we're 100 percent sure uh, we're out of the woods. And by the way, the best way to know that we're out of the woods is to see those vaccination numbers go up. Um, So, you know, I would say, Eric, that it's like dangling the carrot uh, in front of people so that they can keep continuing to do exactly what the state is saying. But like we've already had one of their people come out and literally say they have to keep dangling the carrot. Yeah, so it's not a conspiracy. You can't even <laughs> use that anymore as a term to really describe what it is. I mean, I guess you can, but it's like, I'm not saying that they're dangling the carrot. Yeah, they, they themselves said, are yeah, saying they themselves it. Said. It's just kind of weird that, you know, not only that, they, they don't even give you an actual number you know we no, talked about jim not. jordan you yeah. know and, and him grilling Fauci and Fauci acting like oh i couldn't hear you you're speaking too fast no you, you knew exactly what he said you just didn't want to uh answer the question when it comes to what exactly are we looking for like right. what is the objective number that well, is it's a target well, yeah it's low. like well it's not a threat anymore yeah. what does that even mean what does that even mean it doesn't mean anything it's just they just want you to get the jab and the sound whatever it is that they can to try to incentivize you to get it so it's like the carrot hey you want freedom make sure you the quicker you all get the jab how many of y'all we're not gonna tell you but many many of y'all get the jab you can then go do stuff in in june because it's really not reasons, freedom which works. again i'm just i'm not getting it so you know that, go that, screw yourself but that's just not like really how freedom works but they've moved the goalposts the entire time in COVID. So why would now be any different for them? It's so pretentious of them to think that they are the ones that give you freedom. Mm -hmm. A governor, Mm -hmm. a mayor, a city council person. Our rights don't come from Mm -hmm. them. They are are so slow to figure this out because they think right now, oh, we have all the executive power. We can make these people do whatever we want. No. Yeah. No, that's not how this works. Our rights come from above, not from you. And the faster that they learn this, at some point, people have to just start saying, no, I don't. If I have a vaccine or not, it's not up to you. And if I want to go celebrate the 4th of July or if I want to not wear Uh a mask anymore, I'm just going to do it. Well, you know, it is interesting because we're coming up on the 2nd 4th of July that all of this nonsense has been going on. And you would have thought that they would have learned the first time we saw, you know, all the fireworks uh, going on in California and all of these places that were shut down. And the people basically said, screw you guys. We're celebrating uh, Independence Day anyway, because I don't know if uh, all these lawmakers are familiar with why we celebrate Independence Day. But um, like having to get their permission to celebrate it is not really like the point. So. Yeah, uh, I'm going to end on this note, just uh, since we're talking Please. about Independence Day, and um, uh, which, you know, I think it's important for us to talk about the Declaration of Independence. Just putting something on you guys' mind, if you actually haven't read that document, mm. there's a little section in there that says when the, uh, you know, when it talks about the government being unable to secure freedoms, specifically and literally says that it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it. That's literally in the text. So for you guys to call me crazy for talking about its elimination, that document that you guys hold up, it's I didn't make it up. It literally says that in there. Yeah, but Joe Biden was questioning the Second Amendment and if that is actually what it means and if we actually have to follow it. Nothing's absolutely. All right, we got to take a break. Back in a minute.
don't forget if you are watching this on YouTube, Facebook, Blaze TV, wherever you are watching us, you got to go to wherever you get your audio podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review the news and why it matters. Not only will it help more people find this show, it will also uh, give you the chance to submit a review and have your review read live on air. We've got one today from uh, Quota 3, what is that? Quota 3 something B. Three, th- yeah, thanks. Uh, all right, every night I look forward to my drive home just so I can listen to the news and why it matters. Such a great show, and they're always right on target. The guests they rotate through are outstanding. You get a great mix of the news with some comedic relief. Love it. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Uh, next one is from someone who just decided to put a bunch of emojis in as their name. So um, I'm not going to try to uh, to describe all of these emojis to you, but there's a lot of them. Uh, all right, absolutely love this show. Best place to get recent recent news with an awesome host and guests. I'm never disappointed. Every guest leads me to following another person. I love the array of opinions as well. Also, thank you, Sarah, for my new addiction to Built Bar. I'm It's a cult following, all right? BuiltBar.com. You gotta go there. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at BlazeTV.com.